This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and you are listening to Messianic Vision. My guest today starts with a question. He asks, what if the one true God of Israel wrote a prayer that he wanted proclaimed over you every day that would bring you supernatural favor, prosperity, abundance, healing, better relationships, protection, order, rest, wisdom, miracles, and many other blessings? Well, our guest today goes on to say the truth is he did. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, let's meet our guest, television producer, filmmaker, minister, and author. Please welcome Warren Marcus to Messianic Vision. Warren, thanks for being with us. It's great being here with you, Donna. I'm so excited about this because you've been talking to me really over the last couple of years as you've been developing this message. And uh, just as you get deeper and deeper into it, I have found, and you'll remember that I think that when I first got it, you know, when I got it, I said to you, Warren, you know, this is not just information. This is revelation. So I am very excited to, to start talking about this. And you know what? The more I got into your story, your personal story, I found out and it was really, really clear to me that you've always been a seeker of the truth. Even as a child, you had a dream encounter with God at what, five years old? Yes. And it was, it was based on the fact that I was outside playing with my friend Bobby, yes. and there was a thunderstorm that began. It was a summer day, and lightning was in the distance, but the thunder hit, and as soon as it did, Bobby r- went running into his house. He was crying. I was going, what's wrong, Bobby? He goes, it's lightning. It could kill you. And I'm looking at him like, what? And his mother comes out, and I said, Mrs. Perigi, Bobby says lightning. It could kill you. She says, it can kill you, and you better get in your house right now. And so the next clap of thunder and lightning, I was running in. I was crying. And my agnostic Jewish sister, I mean, she didn't really believe in God. She picked me up, and she says, what's wrong? And I says, it's lightning. It could kill me. And she says, Warren, it can't hurt you. God will protect you. I said, God? She goes, yeah, God. I says, who's God? He lives in a place called heaven, and he's always there with you, no matter where you are. So I started thinking, is he in my room at night when it's dark? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes. Well, I got more afraid of this unseen person named God than this lightning and thunder. And then I had a dream. And I remember this dream. I was in the clouds in heaven. It was lightning and thunder. I was frightened. And all of a sudden in the distance, there was the, the clouds parted in a circular fashion. And this golden light, the most beautiful light, began to peek through. It was the glory. You know, now I understand it was the glory yes. of the living God. Yes. And these beams of light in different colors came towards me and all around me. And then I heard a voice. And the voice of the most beautiful voice inside me and all around me. And the voice just said, don't be afraid. I am your friend. I will never hurt you. Oh, my. And that, it was just so overwhelming. I could still feel the feeling now that I had. It was just perfect peace. There was nothing. I couldn't even think about anything like lightning and thunder. It was just meeting. And I didn't want to. So the lightning wasn't scary. No. Because you were surrounded by this peace and this light that you were seeing. It was peace. And I was being drawn closer and closer into that light of the glory. And I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want (laughs) to get out of that dream. I mean, but when I was uh, awakened, I went downstairs and I saw my mother and I said, Mom, I just saw God. And she says, What? I said, In my dream. She goes, oh, that's nice, Warren. Oh, that's I, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then I tried to tell my dad, Dad, I saw God. And he goes, what? I said, in my dream. He goes, oh, okay. So I didn't know what to do. I, I, I couldn't tell anyone about it. So I remember going to kid, kindergarten class that morning, 
the teacher says, take out your crayons and draw a picture. So mm-hmm. everybody's drawing their nice little pictures. I tried to draw a picture of God. I'm taking this yellow crayon. I still have this picture to this day. Wow. And I'm trying to draw this glory, you know. And this little Jewish kid next to me, Richard, says, what is that supposed to be? I said, it's a picture. A picture of what? A picture of God. He said, you can't see God. <laughs> I said, why not? I saw God. He goes, you cannot see God. He got into a big argument. The class starts laughing at me. The teacher said, what's going on here? And he said, he saw, he said he saw God. And I said, I did see God in my dream. And not by that time, I'm just, I'm just bawling. So you're trying and trying to explain right. this to everybody. But you, you're a child, Warren, at this point. In your, your mind, is there any way to explain it? Or even, you said you even, you know, when you were trying to color it, there was just no way that you could. It was hard. But the key is, I remember the, the, the lady taking, the teacher took the picture, looked at me, and looked at the picture and thought I was Meshuggah. But the key is, here was the first impulse that was put inside me. When I couldn't relate the revelation, this little childhood dream, I couldn't relate it to others in words, I began to draw a picture. And that's what I do today. It's mm. like God has a purpose for us before the foundations of the Absolutely. world, Ephesians 1 says. Absolutely. And it's like he put in me to draw pictures of revelation. So that's what I'm doing today. I do dramatic reenactments right. of the revelation right. of people of how they met God. Yes. Isn't it My amazing goodness. how he works? You know what? And that set you on a path. You were talking about destiny, but that that very thing at five years old set you on a path seeking that presence, even not even knowing oh, yeah. who God was. Oh, yeah. You were seeking that presence. You were you were in a Jewish family. You went to synagogue every week, but you're searching. You're searching for that presence. Did you find it there? No, actually, I would go, and I, I was confused because there was no presence. It was just like formality. And I remember everybody would walk out for the, for the Shabbat refreshments, you know. I would go back into the empty sanctuary, and I would just look up and say, Oh, God. Where are you? I wanted to know that God that I saw in my dream as a because little child. Because you had experienced yeah. it. Yeah, and it was, he wasn't there. But then my mother, my Jewish mother, takes me to see the Ten Commandments, the film by Cecil B. DeMille. Yes. And I remember as I watched that film, it was amazing to me because that was the same picture I saw of God that I had in my dream. There where he was on Mount Sinai in the glory, and his finger was writing the Ten Commandments, and then in the burning bush. And I remember feeling that same thing that I felt in my dream, the presence of Almighty God mm-hmm. right in that theater. And that really amazed me because I, and, and, and I asked my mother, is that real? She goes, well, that's the God of Israel. And so I just couldn't connect with the fact he wasn't in the synagogue, but that was my God. Here was a God that did miracles. Mm-hmm. He parted mm-hmm. the Red Sea. He sent plagues to the enemies of Israel. And this is the God. I remembered what he said. Do not be afraid. Yes. I am your friend. I will never hurt you. Oh, my. <laughs> that was my God. Yes. So so many years passed. And like you said, you, you saw right there when you were eight years old, you saw the impact that visuals, something visual, a, a film, a movie could make uh, on someone's life as, as it did for you. And right then you knew that's what I'm going to do. You felt that, uh, you know, this is something that's very impactful. And right now, you're, you're a television producer. You're a filmmaker. You do so many things like that. I feel like God was preparing you for that, even as a child. And for so many, I, I, for so many people, even some of our listeners, I feel like God will prepare us along the way for, for where he's going to, to lead us into our purpose with him. But tell me this. Okay, so you're a child. You grew up. You, you certainly weren't a believer in the Messiah, when did you become what we call a a Messianic Jewish believer? Well, many people witnessed to me. I mean, I went to the School of Visual Arts to study film. While I'm studying film, this is where drugs were introduced to my life, rebelliousness and all the things that the enemy brings into our life to try to keep us away from God. Yes. But I got to a point where I was working in Madison Avenue, making TV commercials and all these wonderful things, but there were people witnessing to me, and they told me that Jesus is my Messiah. And so 
I intellectually understood that he could be my, my Messiah because the prophecies spoke forth that there would be a Jewish Messiah, and he seemed to fulfill those prophecies in the Old Testament. So obviously you were still searching, you were still seeking, You were, if you were looking at the scriptures and you even knew that he had fulfilled many of these prophecies, even though you weren't serving or believing, you were still that seeker. You were I was still being, seeking. I was being drawn by him. Yes. I believe he was drawing me to himself. And here I was, I was smoking marijuana. I'm in my home. I said, I just had to say a prayer. I said, oh God, is this what it's all about? There's mm. got to be more. And I said, oh God of Israel, oh God of Israel, if the, what the Christians are saying about Jesus is true, if he's my Messiah, if he is the son of the living God, then I want him in my heart. If he's not, I don't want to have anything to do with him. You need to let me know what is correct in this matter. All of a sudden, I felt that same peace I felt when I was a five-year-old kid in my dream, the same one as the same thing I felt when I was watching the Ten Commandments. I was like overwhelmed with the presence of God. And I took the marijuana and said, why am I doing this? I flushed it down the toilet. I was listening to these records. I go, why am I listening to these records? I mean, this, this, nobody preached a sermon to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody told me I had to do certain things. I just felt the holiness of God. I took books off of my shelf, threw them away, books that didn't belong on my right, bookshelf. Right. It was God was in the house. The presence of God came into my life. Wow. You know what? I just, um, I, I feel like now, you know, there are people that, that are listening to you speak that may be seeking, that may be questioning, uh, that may be searching for that presence. Before we move any further, what, will you pray for them, Warren, the, what, those that are listening right now that, that are in that same place where you were? All I could tell you is I've never regretted ever turning my life over to God and accepting Yeshua as my Jesus, as my, as my Messiah and Lord. And I want to say, if you're going through things, whatever, all you need to do is say, God, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to fight against you. I am submitting myself to you. I want to follow you. I want to know you in an experiential way, just like Warren came to know you. So, Father, I just ask right now, yes. forgive me for my sins against you. I receive Yeshua, Jesus, into my heart Hallelujah. as my Savior, as my Messiah, as my Lord. And Lord, just begin to show me the reality of your presence that I might have that overcoming power, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that allows me to be have victory over every Thing, every battle I am facing, everything that I'm doing that is, is meant to harm me instead of bring me to prosperity and peace with you. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Yes, yes. Warren, thank you for that. You know what? I feel like, Warren, you are the Indiana Jones of the Christian <laughs> world. You know, you're always looking for and loving great discoveries. And a few years ago, the most astonishing one was revealed. Tell us about it. I was in my office and I received a cell phone call from my friend Rick Amata. He's an evangelist and he has been used of God to win millions to the, to, to the saving uh, knowledge of Messiah. And he's in Israel and he started, he came on the phone. He's like weeping, Warren, Warren, the name of God has been placed upon me. And I'm going, what? What? He goes, yeah. He says, I'm, I'm, on the grounds of the where they discovered these amulets is a high priest tomb, the high priest of Israel tomb. And these amulets were discovered in 1979. And these amulets had etched in the silver. The high priest would wear these amulets. And in the silver was in ancient Paleo-Hebrew, old ancient Paleo-Hebrew was sketched in that Aaronic blessing is referred to, this mm -hmm. prayer mm -hmm. of the blessing that the priest would proclaim over Israel. And Warren, it was proclaimed over me. And when this man put a replica of the amulet on me and said it in Hebrew over me, I felt it was like honey, warm honey being 
like coming from my head, dripping all on my body. I was shaking. He says, I've never experienced anything like this. Even when I was born again, this is the most powerful, powerful thing yeah. I've ever felt. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about um, the ambulance, the uh, the silver that was found. I understand um, they actually did some testing on it and, and they found out. Well, what is the age? It's 400 years older than the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's the it's the oldest intact Bible scripture we have in evidence today. It's sitting in a museum in Israel. But the key of that is, is that this prayer, I said, why would this prayer be the one that God preserved to be the oldest prayer? Why? There must be a reason for right. this and for it to be totally intact. I mean, he could have picked any other scripture in totally the Bible. Totally intact, older than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. And they, they unrolled it, unfolded it. Three years it. it took them to unroll yes, it. Yes, because they wanted to make sure they didn't disturb any right. of the lettering right. or anything like that. Why? Did you ask yourself, why now? Why? What, what's the significance of, of finding this now? Well, I felt like there has to be a reason for this. There has to be something special about this prayer. Now, I looked in the Bible at the prayer, and it's a nice prayer. I read it for myself. Right. After I, I, hung up I hear with, people say it all yeah. the time. I hear ministers say it all the time. I've had rabbis say it mm -hmm. over me. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've, I've been in churches where they yeah. said it over me. Right. I read it again in the Bible. I'm reading it. Of and course. And, and what, what did it say? What, what are the scripture verses there? It says in Numbers 6, 24 and 26, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, I love it. It was such a, it's a beautiful prayer. But I didn't understand why it affected Rick in the way it did. Yes. Yes. But yet, it didn't affect me in the same way. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Messianic Vision with our guest today, Warren Marcus. And, you know, Warren has spent the past few years developing this life-changing resource. And now, for the first time anywhere, we are making it available to you. It's an exclusive product package. It's only available here, so Sid and I are so excited to offer it to you. Warren Marcus's brand-new book, The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing, and two-CD teaching set. You're also going to get a beautifully designed frameable poster of the blessing. You can display it in your home, your office. You can give it as a wonderful gift. So the oldest evidence of intact Bible scripture in existence has been discovered. Warren searched out what happened in biblical times when this blessing was pronounced over the children of Israel. And now he's hearing his friend tell what happened to him when the amulet was placed on his neck and the blessing was pronounced over him. Well, when we come back, we're going to find out what happened when Warren spoke the blessing over himself. Stay with us. Call now and get this brand new revelatory book and two-part audio CD teaching, The Ancient Priestly Prayer of the Blessing by Warren Marcus. Included is this frameable scroll print of the newly discovered Amplified Hebrew to English translation of the only prayer in the entire Bible that the God of Israel wrote himself. You can't get this exclusive offer anywhere else. It's yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9525. Through Warren's book, you will discover the supernatural power of the Hebrew language. Find out that the Shekinah glory is the manifest presence of the Heavenly Father. Clearly understand that when Aaron, the Jewish high priest, prayed God's divine prayer over the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, they received supernatural provision, food, perfect health, angelic protection. Even their clothes and shoes never wore out. Learn how you too can experience the same and even greater impartation than the children of Israel did. Discover that the prayer in your Bible is only a fraction of the fullness of meaning derived from the ancient Hebrew. Understand that your Heavenly Father is making Himself available to you in a supernatural, intimate, and experiential way never thought possible before. Find out that Jesus Himself, the High Priest of the New Covenant, prayed this divine prayer over His disciples as He ascended into Heaven. Realize that Jesus, your High Priest, is ready to pronounce this divine prayer over you right now. This revelatory book includes supernatural keys and questions throughout which will help you apply what 
what you learn. On this anointed two-part audio CD teaching series, you will hear this divine prayer pronounced over you by Warren Marcus in the Amplified Hebrew to English translation. And you will receive your free copy of world-renowned Messianic worship leader Paul Wilbur singing the prayer in Hebrew over you. This isn't just information. This is revelation. When you have the revelation of God the Father, we're going to start seeing creative miracles like the world has never seen before. I want to get into your hands these resources as soon as possible. God's Prayer of the Blessing will help you experience the fullness of the impartation of God's sacred name and the Shekinah glory of the person of your Heavenly Father being placed upon you in a supernatural way. Don't miss out on getting this brand new revelatory book and two-part audio CD teaching, The Ancient Priestly Prayer of the Blessing by Warren Marcus. Included is this frameable scroll print of the newly discovered Amplified Hebrew to English translation of the only prayer in the entire Bible that the God of Israel wrote himself. You can't get this exclusive offer anywhere else. It's yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9525. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina 28278. Please specify offer number 9525 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. This is Messianic Vision, and we're back with our very special guest today, Warren Marcus. Warren has just come upon a discovery that has set his seeker of the truth mode in high gear. He is researching. He is studying. He is pulling out the scriptures. He is going for it. He has heard what is happening to a friend of his. He's learning what happened to the children of Israel when this blessing was spoken over them. Warren what do you do next? You speak it over yourself, and what happens? I did the best. I, I got the most passion I could. <laughs> I, I spoke it over myself in the greatest voice I could muster right. with the most heart I could say, and nothing happened. No. Absolutely nothing. I mean, it was <laughs> nice, but nothing. So I started looking. I said, what is it about this prayer? Why did it affect my Gentile friend, Rick Amato? I mean, this was for the Jews, and I'm a Jew. Mm -hmm. Am I chopped liver? I mean, what's <laughs> going on here, you know? Why not me? Why can't I have that same thing? And so I, I remembered something what Rick said, and he talked about in Numbers 627, it says, when the high priest would say this prayer over the children of Israel mm. every day, the yes. high priest, yes. right? They shall be putting my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. And I'm thinking, okay, there must be something special here. There must be something I'm missing. A high priest said this over the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, if he said it over the children of Israel, what happened to the children of Israel? Right. As he said it every day. Right. As I started looking back in the scriptures, I realized for 40 years in the desert, they received daily provision, yes. manna from heaven. When they got tired of eating manna burgers, God sent them quail, Kentucky fried chicken from <laughs> heaven, okay? And then they had divine angelic protection. Think in the, in the wilderness, the predators and, and dangerous enemies, right. they were kept away right. from them, right? right? Their flocks increased. Listen to this. Their sandals and shoes never wore out for 40 years. You imagine if you didn't have to pay for all the clothes that you have to get and replacement of clothes. I mean, this is incredible. Their children were, they were blessed with more children. Yes. But the most important thing is the Shekinah glory of the Father was in the Holy of Holies. And they could visibly see a cloud, a cloud that covered them by day, kept them cool from the hot sun. Mm -hmm. And at night, mm -hmm. when it gets very cold in the desert, there was a pillar of fire that extended over them and was able to heat them. So this was incredible. It was incredible. Health, uh, wealth, um, longevity. Prosperity. Uh, prosperity. Health. Yes. Provision in every way. Warmth, you know, cooling. Everything that they needed was provided for them as a result of this blessing being pronounced over them right. by the high priest. Right. And you got to think about, they had built a golden calf and began worshiping it. This is a people mm. that didn't really know God the way they should have known God. They were slaves in Egypt. They just, they lost their touch with him. Mm -hmm. So 
This is like he gave them an incredible impartation of himself in yes. some way through that high priest yes. that caused them to be able to walk in an extraordinary way. So did you start asking the question, well, well, why not me? I, I'm a New Testament believer. I'm a New Covenant believer. Don't Can't I get the same thing? Did you, did you say, why, if, if these miracles are a result of this blessing, why not me? Well, yeah, and I just started, that set me on a search to try to figure out what it is from Scripture about this incredible prayer that it's the only prayer in the entire Bible that God himself wrote. Oh, my goodness, Warren, say that again. It's the only prayer in the entire Bible that God himself wrote. He wow. gave it to Moses, but he didn't say, you could pray it, Moses. There must be a high priest right. that is used to pray it over the children of Israel. And so this high priest was charged with it. And I asked, why the high priest? And I looked at this, the high priest was the only person that could go into the Holy of Holies only once a year during the Feast of Yom Kippur, mm -hmm. the holiest day mm -hmm. of atonement. Yes. He would go in into the presence of God, the Shekinah glory, the glory that I saw as a young boy in my dream. And he would go in there and make a sacrifice for the, for the sins of the nation to be forgiven. So he was the one that came in contact. He was the only intermediary between yes. God and man. Right. So he was the one that had the goods, yes. right? It yes. wasn't that he was holy, but he came into contact. And so when he prayed this, it was the greatest prayer of grace ever given to a people who were unworthy even. Yes of having yes. the holiness the, of the Shekinah glory placed upon right. them. Right, and you know what I'm hearing you saying, the high priest going into the Holy of Holies, any of us that have that read these scriptures, that have studied this at all, we know that the high priest didn't just walk into the Holy no. of Holies. There was a how-to associated oh, yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. He had to do it a certain way. He had to be wearing this or doing that or, I mean, there he was a... He had to apply blood yes. to himself. He had to put anointing all on himself. He had to wash himself in the golden laver. Right, right. He had to set himself apart. The anointing sets you apart, sets ordinary things, okay? The mm -hmm. vessels, like, mm -hmm. the, like the brazen altar, it set apart ordinary things to be used for God's supernatural purposes. Yes. So that's what I see when I started reading your book and studying this teaching that you have developed. That's what I saw. You were trying to answer the question, why is it not working for me? Oh, it's a beautiful prayer, but why is it not working for me? You have discovered the how-to. How important is that how to apply this blessing. You have to understand the key. Number one, that it is the only prayer that God himself wrote in the entire Bible. And he gave it so that it could bring his name, his name upon us. And I started getting into understanding what does that mean, name? The Hebrew word for name is Shem. It doesn't mean his title or label. My name's Warren. You're yes. Donna. Yes. That's the label we have so people could identify us, our identifiers, okay? This means, Shem means the very person of God being placed upon you, his holy character being placed upon you, his power and authority being placed upon you. That's one of the keys that I realized. I said, oh my. That's what they were getting upon yes. them, something different. It wasn't just a, a prayer. There was an impartation right. of the Heavenly Father being right. placed upon them, who they really didn't know much about. But it was amazing what God did. The other thing was, I noticed that when Rick told me about the prayer being prayed over him, the man prayed it in Hebrew over him. So I started realizing, wait a minute. This Hebrew must have a deeper meaning. There's something missing in the English. Okay, you're talking about the Hebrew having a deeper meaning, like the, like the name. It's not just what you're called. It's who you are in the Hebrew. So when we know about that, what is the benefit of knowing what the, the Hebrew is in every single word in this prayer? Well, the 
the translators had a problem. They had to choose one meaning of the words so that they could communicate it in some form in the English. Mm -hmm. But the depth of meaning of one word was far greater than we have in the English. So the prayer, rather than being a little, a little paragraph of verses, is a whole page. And so the Amplified Hebrew to English translation that I began to discover is so much more powerful. So one of the reasons we're not sensing the power is we don't understand with our mind the fullness of what the prayer is, what it means, mm -hmm. and what it, what it has for us when it's being pronounced over us. Yes, okay. and you know what? That's one of the things I love about your this revelation that you have and that now you're passing along to us. Every word, every phrase, you have gone deeper in that to let people know, what does this really mean? That's, that is amazing, and that's why when I started getting it, I said, Warren, this is not just information. This is revelation. Some of those meanings, just, just amazing. Uh, okay, talk to me about... How how did he come out? Uh, the the high priest would come out. How was the blessing pronounced? Did he lay hands on people? What was the no, process? No, he didn't lay hands on people. And there's many people today who talk about they're not even laying hands on people. I'm talking about guests that Sid has on his show. It's supernatural. They say, I'm ministering, and the glory comes down. It comes down. Well, I want to tell you, the glory isn't an it. The glory is a person. I love that. And what happens is when the glory comes, you don't have to lay hands on people. People begin receiving their healing in masses and 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 all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders happen. So the priest would stand there with his hands, both hands lifted, thumbs touching, and they were for, and they formed the letter shin, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew letter shin which stands for El Shaddai the Most High God, but it also emulated the hands, the wings of the cherubim that were above the ark. And that's where God's Shekinah glory rested, between the wings of the cherubim. So there was something happening when he held his hands that way. And I remember Leonard Nimoy, who was uh, <laughs> Star Trek. Of course. Well, he had this sign that he would do with one hand, which was that same sign that the high priest would use. And he would say, live long and prosper, and prosper, which was a shortened version of the prayer. But here's the thing he said in an interview, which I found. He said that where he got it from was a little boy sitting in a in, in, in the synagogue, the rabbi began to proclaim that prayer and held his hands up in that manner. And his father says, don't look at the hands. Why? Just don't look at the hands. So he didn't, but he would peek. Well, what happened is as he got older, he, he talked to an Orthodox rabbi and the rabbi said, what happened was the tradition is, is that if, you, if Israel the children of Israel would look at the priest's hands. Something happened. They were either blinded by the light that was coming and shedding forth from, I believe it was the glory, or they would die. Oh, my. So there was some power coming off of the hands of the high priest that allowed them for 40 years to walk in these divine miracles. You know what? I think that's almost like a little, you know, people talk about types and shadows, you know, uh, of, of things that were then and that, that are relevant today. It, it makes me think about now where, you know, so many people feel like they have to have somebody to lay hands on them. And even as we're speaking today and as you're sharing this today, people that are listening, you know, well, they're not here. You can't lay your hands on them. You right. can't pronounce blessing. You can't pray for them with your hands laid on them. But the power and anointing of the Word of God knows no time That's or true. space. And it doesn't need the laying on of hands. It just needs you to receive that Word, right. that power and that anointing of the Word. Right. And I'm in no way coming against the laying on of hands of, of people. Not. You know what I'm saying? Of course not. But this was such a more powerful thing. And when ministers go on the on evangelistic trips and they have thousands of people there, it's impossible to lay hands on people. So I believe this, what God's about to do in this next revival, his glory is going to show up 
It's the Father going to show up, and he's going to allow mass healings and all kinds of miracles, signs, and wonders like we've never seen before. And you were talking about the glory. Moses asked God or said to God, please show me your glory. Yeah. He was in this place called the Tent of the Meeting before he built the tabernacle, and the glory presence of God was in the cloud. So he's looking at the cloud. He's seeing this light within the cloud, and he's going, I want to see your glory. Show me your glory. And God said, you cannot see my face. So it was God himself who said, the glory is my very face that's shining out towards you. And you're not ready yet, Moses, to see my face because you would surely die. Okay. Uh, you know what? I just, I hear you say these things. And, you know, like I said, I've, you've been talking to me about this for two years. But when I hear you say statements like that, it's just pure revelation. My glory is my face. It's my presence. It's, it is. And then I want to tell you a New Testament example of it. Okay. The Mount of Transfiguration. Yes. Peter, right? Three of the disciples went up with Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration. And Yeshua was there. All of a sudden, this cloud, the glory came. And he was shining. His face was shining. His clothes were shining. And Elijah and Moses were there with him. And all of a sudden, Peter yells out, we should make a tabernacle for all three of you. And all of a sudden, it says in the scriptures that the cloud, the glory cloud, came on them. Now, here's what's interesting. The voice came, it says, not from heaven, but from within the cloud. Yes. And the voice said, this is my son. Yes. My goodness. (laughs) So that is, again, an evidence in New Testament scripture that the glory is the presence of the Father, not of Jesus, not of the Holy Spirit, but of the Father. So you say, you know, so many people say, what is the glory? What's the definition of the glory? God himself said to Moses, my, the glory, my glory is my face. Yes. It's my presence. Yes. That is so powerful. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Messianic Vision with our very special guest today, Warren Marcus. And we're making available to you Warren's brand new book, The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing, and his two CD teaching set. You'll also get a beautifully designed, frameable poster that includes the full amplified Hebrew to English version of the priestly prayer. It's beautiful. It's uh, it's great to display in your office, in your home, or to give as a gift. Well, what can I say? This is truly amazing. It's eye-opening. It's life-changing. But Warren, there seems to be a problem with it. Today, there are no Jewish high priests that exist from the actual bloodline of Aaron. You know what? But Warren's telling me it's not a problem. It's a solution. We'll be right back. Call now and get this brand new revelatory book and two-part audio CD teaching, The Ancient Priestly Prayer of the Blessing by Warren Marcus. Included is this frameable scroll print of the newly discovered Amplified Hebrew to English translation of the only prayer in the entire Bible that the God of Israel wrote himself. You can't get this exclusive offer anywhere else. It's yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9525. Through Warren's book, you will discover the supernatural power of the Hebrew language. Find out that the Shekinah glory is the manifest presence of the Heavenly Father. Clearly understand that when Aaron, the Jewish high priest, prayed God's divine prayer over the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, they received supernatural provision, food, perfect health, angelic protection. Even their clothes and shoes never wore out. Learn how you too can experience the same and even greater impartation than the children of Israel did. Discover that the prayer in your Bible is only a fraction of the fullness of meaning derived from the ancient Hebrew. Understand that your Heavenly Father is making Himself available to you in a supernatural, intimate, and experiential way never thought possible before. Find out that Jesus Himself, the High Priest of the New Covenant, prayed this divine prayer over His disciples as He ascended into heaven. Realize that Jesus, your High Priest, is ready to pronounce this divine prayer over you right now. This revelatory book includes supernatural keys and questions throughout which will help you apply what 
what you learn. On this anointed two-part audio CD teaching series, you will hear this divine prayer pronounced over you by Warren Marcus in the Amplified Hebrew to English translation. And you will receive your free copy of world-renowned Messianic worship leader Paul Wilbur singing the prayer in Hebrew over you. This isn't just information. This is revelation. When you have the revelation of God the Father, we're going to start seeing creative miracles like the world has never seen before. I want to get into your hands these resources as soon as possible. God's Prayer of the Blessing will help you experience the fullness of the impartation of God's sacred name and the Shekinah glory of the person of your Heavenly Father being placed upon you in a supernatural way. Don't miss out on getting this brand new revelatory book and two-part audio CD teaching, The Ancient Priestly Prayer of the Blessing by Warren Marcus. Included is this frameable scroll print of the newly discovered Amplified Hebrew to English translation of the only prayer in the entire Bible that the God of Israel wrote himself. You can't get this exclusive offer anywhere else. It's yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9525. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina 28278. Please specify offer number 9525 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Welcome back to Messianic Vision. I am here with Warren Marcus. And in case you haven't noticed, it may sound a little bit different today because, you know, normally we have our guests on the phone, but I actually have Warren right here in the studio with me. So that is certainly a treat. But right before we went to break, we were talking about, you know, that how to and the specifics of this prayer. And it has to be pronounced over you by a high priest. And so I just kind of pointed out, well, Warren, wait a minute here. Is, is this a problem? We we don't, we don't have any of the high priests from the bloodline of Aaron. Well, what, what's your answer to that, Warren? Well, that definitely is a problem. We have no high priest, Jewish high priest, that comes from the bloodline of Aaron. There's none on earth today. But we do have one, and that's what I realized in this revelation. We do have one who is in heaven. His name is Yeshua. Yes. And he's seated on the throne of mercy, which is a mercy seat in the throne of heaven, just like the one we had on earth, but much more beautiful. And he sits there, and I believe this whole revelation and the reason that this prayer was found, and it's the oldest scripture that we have intact evidence for us, older than 400 years, older than the Dead Sea Scrolls, is for a reason. It's because this is the point of time, this dispensation we're in, these last days, where the Father wants to have his name placed upon his children. You know, we were born again. Jesus didn't adopt us as his spiritual sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit didn't adopt us as his sons and daughters. The Father is the one that adopted us. Yes. He wants to put his name on his children. Yes. And so he wants Yeshua, Jesus, from heaven, praying this prayer over us. Yes, that is exciting. Now, after the resurrection, yeah. you know, Jesus came, he sacrificed himself. After the resurrection, he stood on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. Right. Now, you have to realize that before his act on the cross, he was Messiah and the Passover lamb to take away the sins that yes. we have. The sons. Now, mm -hmm. his role has switched. He's now a high, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, mm -hmm. and that's an everlasting order. So now he's the high priest, and so his first priestly function that he did prior to ascending, just as he's ascending even, he's standing on the Mount of Olives, Luke 24, and it says he lifted up both hands. Now, you can understand, number one, he never lifted both hands up. It never says that anywhere else in the New Testament. Number two, there is no other Jewish or Hebrew prayer. He always used Hebrew prayers when he blessed the bread and the wine. It's Hebrew prayers. Baruch HaTorah for the wine. Or Homotzi Lechem Mina Or. It's for the bread. It's not listed in there, but it says he blessed it. Every Jew knows how you bless yes. the bread and wine. Yes. So here he lists two hands. So this is as something priest, very specific. Right, as high priest. And it says he blessed them. Now it said the blessing was long enough because 
as he blessed them, he was ascending. It says he was ascending into his heavenly throne room right in front of their eyes. Yes. So the key is, is that he, I believe, and I believe it's very good to, to, to conjecture on this, that he was saying that prayer over them. Also, the fact is, you know what he was telling them to do? Tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. Right. He talked about the Father. Right. Okay? Specifically about the Father. Yes, yes. Warren, I learned this from you. There was only one prayer in Judaism where the hands were raised in this manner. So with that, we know that this was the prayer that, that Jesus was pronouncing over his right, disciples. Right, the ancient priestly prayer of yes, the blessing. Yes, no longer as the sacrificial lamb, but as the high priest. priest. That is, that, that's life-changing just so, to, to understand that. So the implication is this. When we say, is there a problem? If we accept Yeshua, Jesus, as our Messiah and Lord, and we recognize the fact that he is our high priest. Right. He can proclaim this prayer over us, too, just and like we he can did with do the disciples. It. And one of the words that you've been talking about, name, we can do it over ourselves and others in his name. name. And again, remember, the Hebrew word for name, it's not in the magic name of Yeshua, Jesus. It's like what people need to understand the Hebrew and the Greek word for name says in his very person, in his stead. Right. Okay. So when we speak the prayer over us, it is as if he is in heaven speaking it through our lips. Right. And I tell that to people. Right. When I'm proclaiming this in the Amplified Hebrew to English over you, I, you're hearing my voice, but it's Yeshua himself, your high priest in heaven, praying it over you. Like a power of attorney, authority. When we speak, we are speaking on his behalf. Exactly. The high priest for us in the new covenant now. Yes. And you know what? I, I just, we talked about this a second ago. Jesus pronounced this blessing over his disciples. And who are we, Warren? We are his disciples. We are his disciples. Exactly. Who are our listeners? Right. If they are believers, they are his disciples. That is, that's exciting. Okay. We've come to a point here, Warren. You, you've researched this. You've understood it. You've learned the how to. You've learned pronouncing by the priest, you know, the, uh, the, the importance of the Hebrew language. Now, when you started pronouncing it over yourself, what happened? It was amazing. It just, the power of God began to come. Each day as I began pronouncing it over myself, another level of the glory, another portion of himself came. The Father now. I'm talking about the Father. See, here's the th interesting thing. I came to the saving knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus, as my Messiah. I sensed the presence of the Messiah in an experiential, supernatural, and intimate way. I could talk. I could talk to Yeshua anytime. I know he hears me. I could sense him. I walked for a while with this incredible honeymoon period, right, with yes. Yeshua. Right. Then somebody says, have you received the fullness yet? Fullness of what? The fullness is with the Holy Spirit. I said, well, I already have the Holy Spirit within when I received Yeshua. No, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit upon. So they started talking about this baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? So I said, what is that? And all of a sudden, I prayed a simple prayer to receive more of the Holy Spirit, but upon to be a witness, to be able to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. And when that happened, it changed my life again. Now I had a personal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. I, I could sense the Holy Spirit. Yes. And it's a different manifestation when I'm with the Holy Spirit than when I'm with Yeshua. Yeshua is, he, he, he understands my infirmities. He walked in my shoes as God walking in the shoes of man. So he understands sickness. He understands he's acquainted with grief. He took my, my, that upon himself for me. So when I talk to him, he empathizes with me. Yes, he can understand right, my pain. Right. The Holy Spirit, I go to the Holy Spirit and say, I need healing. 
I need you to, to, to refresh me. I need, I need more revelation. I need your anointing because I, I am ready to go out and, and preach right. or teach. Right. Right. You know, or I'm going to lay hands on somebody that's sick in right. a hospital. I know the Holy Spirit's there with me. Right. right. And you also know there's another part to this triune nature. That's the Father. Yes. And that's what this prayer is all about. Now, this is what happened to me. I began to receive an importation of the Father, where I started sensing the Father. And as I, as I got into this prayer and understood the Hebrew words, I began to understand the difference the Father makes of having a supernatural, intimate, and experiential relationship with Him. Now, Warren, you even discovered a recorded version of the blessing sung in Hebrew. Yes. It was so anointed when I heard it. It was powerful, and that song, that that song has the fullness of meaning in just the few words of the Hebrew, but yes. the full meaning that's a page long of the Amplified Hebrew to English version of the prayer is contained in that, but there's an anointing that comes. So it's not just proclaiming it over in the name of Yeshua, but when it's played in the Hebrew, that's really where the importation for some reason happens. And I've done this in different places. I remember going to a Presbyterian church, okay? I found out they don't even believe in altar calls. They had all these rules and regulations. Don't do this. Don't do that. So I shared this teaching with them. Mm -hmm. I showed them a PowerPoint mm -hmm. with the Hebrew words right. and all this stuff. And then they told me you got to be done by 830 because the Pittsburgh Steelers are kicking oh off my. and they'll all walk out on you. <laughs> you don't want to have to compete with right. them. <laughs> so I, at the end of the service, right before 830, I proclaimed the prayer over them in Yeshua's name in the Amplified Hebrew to English, and then I played the Hebrew over them. When I played the Hebrew, they began to weep. They began to shake. It was amazing. They didn't want to move. I said, hey, it's 8.30. The Pittsburgh Steelers are ready to kick off. I want to be true to what the pastor asked me to do. If some of you want to leave, you could leave. This one guy gets up and he says, I don't give a D. Oh, no. about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They could go to H as far as I'm oh. concerned. Now, I wanted to laugh, but these people were so impacted by this, what happened, the glory of the Father. That happens in any group I go, Methodist churches, Baptist right. churches, assemblies right. of God, to a group of Catholics, to Messianic Jews. The power of God just comes. The Father shows up in his glory. Yeah. And did you did you say to the man, wow, that's, a, that's wonderful that you're going to stay, and we'll pray about cleaning your language up later. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't get out of there till 1030 at night because I had to catch my plane. I couldn't shut down the meeting. That is a People great healed. example. People were touched of what's happening through the understanding of this, not just saying it, but understanding. And you know what? We're talking about the depth of, of the Hebrew language and some of these words. Um, let's let's share a couple examples so that listeners can just get an example of what we're talking about. The word bless in the, uh, in the prayer. Give us a little bit of information. What does that mean in the Hebrew? Well, the bless, the word bless is an abstract. See, in the English and, and, and even sometimes in the Greek, it's abstract. But there's a literal meaning. Bless means to kneel down, to kneel before. The camel kneels to give you and offer you his gifts. Yes. Yeah. So the father is making himself available. All of these first portions of the prayer up to the peace that he gives you are the father making himself available to us. So this is bless. What he does is the father, heavenly father's coming and it's like he's on his knees in front of you. This blows people what away. Some people say, I can't picture that. What a I can't. But the father wants, he's like a father with his arms outstretched. Come to me, my child. Come to me. I want to, I want to be with you. I want to embrace you. I want to show you my love. And so it, it makes us have to have something in our heart to want to respond. Sure. So are yes. we going to stand there or are we going to walk away? No. Daddy, no. I want to get on my knees in front of you. Wow. That's an amazing and example. That's what, you what a picture. I mean, it just paints a picture. Uh, what about the word, uh, the Hebrew word for keep? Keep you. The word keep is actually a hedge of protection, a thorny hedge of protection keep is to guard you. So I picture the father, he's now putting his divine arms around you and putting a divine embrace upon you. This is, this is like a father hugging you and comforting you. 
And that's what you sense when you start praying this prayer over and over each day. And I'm telling you that this is where protection comes. This is where it's a hedge of protection around you. Um, the, the Israel would put this, would put around their flock stones, and then they would put thorns sticking out so the predators couldn't get in. Psalm 91 is activated when he puts his arms around you. Matter of fact, it says in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it says, he, will, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. And then God says, because he has set his love upon me, God, therefore I will deliver him and I will set him on high because he knows my name. Mm -hmm. Name. Yes. And it goes on to talk about all of the things he'll protect you from. I believe this is activated in this prayer. When the Father puts his arms around you, nothing could come near you. You're in heaven, in essence, in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the enemy can't penetrate and come against you. He can't come against your family and other things that you own because they are yours. That is powerful, powerful. Let's get a couple more of them before okay. we run out of time here. What about the word shine? The word shine is or. So he, his face, as we know, I want to see your glory. God says you can't see my face. His face shone with the glory. So when Moses was touched with the glory, he came down, his face was shining, and the people said, put a veil on your face. They didn't understand what was going on. The key is the word or means order, okay? So when you're in the presence of the Father and his face is shining upon you, it's, he brings your mind into a singleness of mind. Your thoughts become his thoughts. His holiness becomes your holiness because you can't think of anything else but who he is and the depth of what he says is right and holy. And I remember Yeshua would, would pray to the Father every day, and that's where he got his assignments. So you receive assignments because it's a doorway also, or is a door to heaven. Mm -hmm. It brings mm -hmm. you into heavenly mm -hmm. revelation. Yes. And so Yeshua would be on the mountain alone and he pray. He said, after praying, he would say to people, every word that I say is what the Father yes. told me to say. Right. Everything I do is what the Father has shown me to do. So the revelation of your divine purpose and destiny comes from the Father and he gives you the methodology of how to carry out that which you're supposed to do that day. You know what? It's something so interesting, Warren, that uh, it's just amazing. You you told me that when you were, you had started developing this teaching, you were searching it, you were digging deep, and you had an encounter. Yes. We're talking about shining and the yes. face, the God's face shining. You actually had an encounter with the face of God. Quickly yes. tell us and about that. and I'm not that. the only one. There's other people that have shared it, but I was on the bed. I sensed the face of God. I was like in it, coming out of sleep, and I sensed the face of God. I could see his eyes. I could see his mouth, you know, but I couldn't see everything clearly. But the key is the minute I saw it, I felt this peace. I felt this mm -hmm. singleness of mm -hmm. mind. It was like I wanted to stay there. I want to stay this way forever. And then I realized it was Abba Daddy. It was my father. And I said, Father. And as I said that, he breathed this breath. It was like this breath came into me. And it was incredible. Just like Adam, when he knelt, it says Yehovah God. It doesn't say Elohim, mm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says Yehovah in that one particular place breathed his breath into the lifeless form of Adam. And you know what the word for breath is in Hebrew? Nashem. He breathed his name, his very person, his glory wow, upon is, Adam, and he became so alive. Good. That's what I felt like happened to me. Mm -hmm. It's like something new happened. It's like a, it, when you felt that breath, it's, it truly was like an impartation yes. of this revelation. Yes. And now, you know, so here you are. God, you've given me this revelation. What do I do next? Well, you set out to share this revelation, which is what you're doing today. I mean, so, so powerful. But I want to tell you one other thing. Okay. He gave me another vision. And this vision, I don't usually have these things, mm -hmm. but I saw a homeless man in New York walking. And this man was in being ignored by everybody. So he said, oh, God, 
just let somebody give me money so I could eat. And this man gave him money. And then he ate his hamburger, whatever. The next day he's out there again. And the next day he's out there again. And he finally said, God, I can't take this anymore. I can't live this way anymore. Just take me home. And all of a sudden this limo pulls up and it's this driver. And he says, you're hungry, come with me. And he winds up in heaven. He winds up in a mansion. And in the mansion, the father is here, and he grips him, and he holds him, and he starts crying in the mm. father's arms. And the mm. father says, this is your home. This is your mansion. He said, did I die and go to heaven? No. This is your place. This is where you belong. And he imparted things to him. He showed him a closet full of clothes, provision. All of a sudden, he was out of the place he was in, the smelly, dirty city. The environment he's in, every one of us are facing things in our lives. Yes. We'd like to get out. Yes, that's but when right. you come into the presence of the Father, you're in heavenly places. His wealth becomes your wealth. His inheritance is your inheritance. And what the Father said to him is, go out now to the byways and the highways. Tell others about me, about Yeshua, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and how they could come into this relationship. Don't stay out there too long. When the world, the flesh, and the devil begin to wear you down, come back to your home. Right. And, and be strengthened by me. Right. And I believe that is that end time revival that God wants to do. It's accessing God. It's not just knowing about God. It's knowing him. Mm -hmm. It's fellowshipping with mm -hmm. him. It's being having the impartation of God being wrought upon you so you become another right. person. Right. It's revelatory. It's it's understanding things like you're teaching today, how to actually experience that presence, not just not reading about something, but to experience right. that presence. Let me uh, cover one more before we wind up here. Uh, let's talk about shalom. Shalom is... All of the other ones, all of the other portions are all about him making himself accessible to you. Yes. Now you receive what he wants to give you, the thing that remains, and that's shalom, peace. And the key is the word peace isn't just the absence of, you know, war or absence of, of, of agitation. No, peace means the completeness and wholeness. And so what God wants to do is impart shalom, his completeness and wholeness. This is restoration. The Hebrew concept of restoration isn't to make us like we were before. It's to make us better than we were before, another level of the glory. And so what it means is when you understand the Amplified Hebrew to English, he wants to give you supernatural peace. He wants to give you supernatural health safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. This is everything you need. The supernatural of God comes on you to live the supernatural life. And that's what that word means in the Hebrew. I see what you're saying. I mean, I always say, oh, shalom, shalom. You know, people say shalom, and I just always think peace. But you're saying it means health, peace, safety, soundness, tranquility, all the things that you just said. Yes. That, to me, is a powerful revelation for yes. us to know. I mean, I cannot wait for people to get this teaching and to go through it and this foundation to be built in them that they can see the Hebrew meanings. That Then when they read these words, then they will never read them the same again. I know I won't. You know, every word, every phrase has such a powerful and a deep meaning. Warren, what, what is God's desire? Bottom line in this, what is God's desire? His desire is to have us walk and become more and more like Yeshua Jesus himself and to become like our heavenly father. When people see us, they should see Yeshua in us they should see the father and they should say you have your father's eyes you have your father's heart that's the best thing that we could have and that's what he's desiring to make us into he already sees us by the way as the finished work he sees us as a new creation yes. he looks at us yes. through the nailed scarred or near pierced hands of his son he sees us complete and whole but we're in the process of becoming all that he already sees us as being that is wonderful, Warren. And, you know, for those of you that are listening, what Warren is about to tell you, what's about to happen next is truly supernatural. I'm going to proclaim this prayer over you in the Amplified Hebrew to English. In the King James, it says, the Lord bless you. 
But this is what the Amplified Hebrew to English says. May Yehovah, Yahweh, your heavenly Father, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly Father so he could bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you, says the King James. But here's the Amplified Hebrew to English. May he guard you with a hedge of thorny protection, his very arms in a divine embrace that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May Jehovah God, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being towards you, continually bringing you to order so you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose, and be gracious to you. May Jehovah God, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you, and give you sustenance, that's provision and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. This is like the heavenly Father lifting you up. The word in Hebrew, nasa, means to lift up. He's carrying you. He's carrying you in his arms like a good father. No one exists but you and he. He's looking down at you, and he's singing songs over you, and he's speaking over you, says Zephaniah in the scriptures. May Jehovah God, Yahweh, your heavenly Father, lift up and carry his wholeness of being towards you, bringing everything that he is to your aid, supporting you with his entire being. That one blows me away. And then you receive his shalom, his peace. May Jehovah God, Yahweh, your heavenly Father, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you could walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, supernatural peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. And now I want that song in Hebrew to be sung over you so you will receive the full impartation right now. Well, I don't speak Hebrew, but all I can say, let me say this in English, so be it. I just thank my very special guest today, Warren Marcus, and thank you all for listening to Messianic Vision today. Here's Sid to tell you how you can get Warren Marcus's brand new life-changing teaching on the priestly prayer of the blessing. Sid? What if the one true God of Israel actually wrote a prayer that he wanted to be proclaimed over you every day that would bring supernatural favor, prosperity, abundance, healing, better relationships, protection, order, rest, wisdom, blessings, miracles, and so much more. The truth is, God did write such a prayer. This prayer was proclaimed over the Jewish people and is why they were so blessed. This supernatural prayer is so powerful that through its daily proclamation over you, 
God gives you the power to choose good and to make godly decisions. Its supernatural power will propel you to be successful in all your endeavors. We exclusively have Warren Marcus's brand new book and two CD teaching on the priestly prayer of the blessing. You'll also get a beautiful poster of the blessing. Get Warren's brand new book, The Priestly Prayer of the Blessing, and two CDs and the poster for an investment of only 39 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at SidRoth.org. Once again, SidRoth.org. Be sure to ask for offer number 9525. That's 9525 for the book, CDs, and poster.